All right. Welcome to Pass the Mic for Friday, February 24th. This is episode 61 after a week off. Joining us this week, we have our special guest, Mr. Thomas Pack. And of course, a co-host of Pass the Mic, Mr. Michael Gervasi. We are all on Zoom. What do we got here, Michael? Mirror, mirror on the wall. Tell me, mirror, what is wrong? Can it be my, or is it just a song? So we have to do some editing to keep our family friendly no, status. I not, believe. No, no, no. I didn't want to give it away. All right. I'll do it again. I'll leave it. But you got to guess the song because I think you're going to know the group. Okay. May he rest in peace. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Tell me, mirror, what is wrong? Can it be my daylight clothes or is it just my daylight song? Oh, my God. You are going to get hammered on this one. So it's someone that's dead. Is it a group? Just died. Well, I'm one gonna... person, the, the lyric I gave was the guy who died. Pluck, I don't know. Pluck two. Pluck two. I don't know. I, we'll, we'll see if our guest can get it. True Goy. Mr. Pack, do you have a guess on that? Um, I think so. Uh, you, you know, last week, the last episode, you said it's it's harder to guess when someone's just speaking the lyrics. I, you know, I never thought about that, but it's true. Um, see, but, the pr- uh, I, thank you for that. But I'm gonna have to go with uh, De La Soul. That's correct. Okay, Mike, do you know them or no? No, I don't. I don't. My Lord, me myself and I is the song. Me well, myself I, and I. I, I, I didn't even. I, the, my most recent death in my mind right now is Richard Belzer from Law and Order and uh, uh, Homicide: Life on the Street. Me and the Ren Dog have been tweeting about that. So. Okay. <laughs> no, Q. First... Q-tip. Let's go. Q-tip is by far one of my favorite rappers of all time so yeah you had a quick cameo yeah. in that song yeah i think we have so. our first uh, correct guest uh answer on your little uh intros mike mike i i, I am like you're you're gonna get slammed on this one i don't I, listen i've been what, slammed a lot this last two weeks what i don't music really, I, did not filter south of like like north line road i mean what the heck yeah, happened oh, God, actually, this, was the, this, was, this was the country i mean we're i'm further south than woodhaven gibraltar is the country man that was the country back in those days so where there was, was nothing divide? was it breland <laughs> no, I would say West Road, like, you know, Van Horn West. Yeah, this is the country, man. We had to go to Southgate for Applebee's and stuff. The Olive Garden. Mike, you're big city. Me, myself, and I at dances? That's, that has never come up? Uh, I, I, not recently. Okay. All right. Well, as we have, as we've sort of pointed out here, we have a special guest, Mr. Thomas Pack. He's a teacher at Hunter. You want to tell, give us a little more information about yourself and welcome you to the listeners of Pass the Mic so Mike can stop bashing me for a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Um, first of all, you know, I really appreciate you guys having me on here. That's a big deal. I mean, I'm a big fan of this podcast. I, you know, when it first started, I was like, oh, interesting. And then I was hooked from the first episode. So I, you guys are doing a great job. And uh, I, again, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I, again, I'm I'm Tom Pack. Uh, I've been teaching elementary for a little over 10 years. Uh, the last eight going on nine here in Gibraltar. I've been in Hunter ever since fourth grade. And um, uh, I actually grew up in Woodhaven, so I went to the Woo, graduated in 96. Uh, we can go into this later, too. I don't know, but my life took a big old turn, and I was in school and had to leave for a while and went back. But um, education was always my goal since, you know, since even middle school. So uh, I love it, and it's, I don't know what else I would be doing if I wasn't doing teaching. So that's about it. I went to Eastern. Eastern Michigan University, get my degree in elementary education. And yeah, that's it. I've been just living a dream and downriver. I never thought I'd be teaching in Gibraltar. I guess going to Woodhaven, you know how that is going to Woodhaven and teaching in Gibraltar and that a big rivalry back in the 90s and stuff. So but I love it here. It's a amazing district and it's only it's only going up. So yeah, so we had a lot of similarities here, Mike. Um, all of us went with Tom Eastern um you know downriver guys you know um youth coaches we've all done some youth coaching or i know through the years um have kids in the district right have kids in the district where we work uh so a lot of similarities here but the one difference in a lot of the focus of today's show we're going to get to eventually is tom's uh work in elementaries and how that differs with what mike Mm -hmm. and i do and what we've experienced and that sort of thing um let me jump in mike real quick another first off uh Awesome jersey, Tom, Barry Sanders. That's right, I wore it for you. Thank you, thank you. So Tom and I actually, another similarity, we, we've known each other, we knew each other before. Um, 
our kids were Jimboree. Jimboree. Um, where we met. Look at that. Uh, the, the second yeah. teacher being Gentry Neely, a local, uh, local celebrity of sorts. And um, wow. so Tom and I have known each other for a, 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 quite a long time before and uh, ran into each other again. He was subbing next door in, this, in Rocco Georgie's room. And that's sort of what, I mean, we still knew each other, so I don't want to say even reconnected, but we sort right. of connected again at that point. And yeah, so a pretty cool story there, to say the least. Yeah, very cool. Um, we're going to do our standard guest questions before we get into feedback from our last episode, which, by the way, let's let's get rid of the elephant in the room, too. We were off for a week. Yeah. I don't want to violate anyone's uh, FERPA or HIPAA rights. Oh, as Someone was ill. Um, I, I, I and, did have COVID. Um, I had COVID. Well, you did. I mean, you didn't have to come. Okay. Well, no, Mike was ill with COVID. He's waived his. He's waived his HIPAA rights, oh, and we just. And to be totally honest with you, the way last uh, week went with me, I had no problem taking a week off as well. Got thrown around a little bit early in the week, and we had that Downriver League Student Council meeting on Thursday, which I don't even. I think I said we could have recorded on Thursday. I don't think there was any way by the time I got home from that. Uh, so we took a little week off. It was not a. Super Bowl hangover, but just a uh, just a hangover in general. Uh, so that let, let's get, take that care of. Um, we're going to do our standard guest questions, and I think Tom has a mic, and then we'll do some more recap from last week. So our standard guest questions. You've been listening. You're a day one fan, so you know what's coming with our guests. Um, my question to you, and this is a fitting. If we would have recorded last week, it was Tom's birthday just last Wednesday, yeah. I believe. Oh yeah, happy um, we're recording. We're you. happy belated. We're recording here on the. We would have almost hit this perfectly with the yeah, questions. Yeah, that, uh, that would work out. <laughs> Um, but you know, you know the question. So here it is. It is your birthday, um, your choice of going out to eat somewhere or at a home cooked meal. What are we doing? Where are we going out? And what are we having for our birthday dinner? Um, you know, of all the questions for today, this was the hardest one. I, I'm probably the most simplest palated person you'll ever meet. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't, yeah, I don't like fancy food and stuff. I just, you know, I'm good with the every day to day kind of stuff. Like, eating sandwiches and stuff like that so you know i got a lot of foods that i really like but honestly on my birthday every year i just we get home from work and the four of us my wife and my boys we just go off to buffalo long wings and mm. just have a nice dinner we come back home you know my family will whatever make me a cake or something and that's simple and uh if that's just that's how it goes and that's how i like it uh there's a lot of foods i can pick as well but that's just easy if i'm picking a home food though any, I mean, steak and I'm a steak and potatoes guy. It's easy, simple. If I'm gonna eat at right. home, I'm gonna grill a nice steak. Now my wife makes these. My wife makes these great potatoes, um, fried potatoes, and that that's my second choice, I guess. That's right. simple. Did, did yeah. you did you hit Buffalo Wild Wings last week? Was that on? The... Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's easy, especially during the week. You know, you everybody's working and you got school and oh, stuff. Oh, I, you know, I you know. Home and I... nobody wants to cook. Nobody, nobody wants to cook, cook so you... and clean so <laughs> right exactly all right. excellent all right um, mike your turn yeah second part i, I think i know what your answer is going to be you're you going to melt some hearts here but who is uh who, who are you eating with alive or dead who's who are you having a birthday dinner with if it's just one person you know this is something i've never dreamed of like being on a podcast or asking this question but i this is a question that i've had the same answer since i was a little kid and um Honestly, it's it's my paternal grandfather who I've never met. You know, um, my family growing up would tell stories of my 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 father had two older sisters and they grew up during the war and everything and they would tell these huge stories and they would build up my grandfather like he was a like in my head when I was a kid he was like a giant he was just a superhero and they would with the stories that they would tell about him and he's just someone I've always been fascinated with hoping to meet if I could one day because he was actually um, missing in action during the Korean War and he was never he's still to this day never been found or there's no oh. records of him so like when we were kids my cousin and I and would hear these stories and we would wonder yeah I wonder if he's alive somewhere when we're grown-ups we're gonna find him and you oh, know man. stuff like that and that how that was just a cool little fantasy we had and uh, it just that would be a really crazy cool way to meet somebody so again i don't you know i mean he would be in his 90s now but so he's probably passed away either way but uh that just to me still to this day 45 years of life i that's just somebody i've never met that i've always wanted to meet so amazing story time it was very profound it is very cool that we keep the chain going too most of our guests pick a family member 
you know, they avoid the celebrity, the rush to celebrity, which I really like. It's really cool. Um, yeah. All right. So feedback on the show from two weeks ago, the big topic that came up from that show was the halftime shows. I got, you, I knew I, I knew I was going to get heat about, heat about Prince. I knew that we yeah. tried to explain that. And um, um, I saw that, but did you get any other feedback? I know some of the feedback was about me and my Prince being overrated. What about you? That was it. I mean, you're still, the, the other part is, um, you're the, the rap music that you just I don't remember oh, what it was, no. was even two weeks ago but um that you didn't know that that's the standard one but yeah man Prince is you you really touched uh, me with that one we talked about that at work the next day I got several text messages about that I I get it but again it was very good now something I want to point out the show also that took place most recently Rihanna's show took a lot there's a lot of text coming into us about that show yeah, throughout yeah. the day and a lot of comment and you know i sort of made the facebook post and someone on down river and friends shocker complained about how bad it was <laughs> but in like i i Wait, don't know, you know what was the complaint like what made it bad worst uh, show ever you know the typical angry 52 year old guy from down river you know that looks all the same with a pair of oakley's and you know on and said you know worst halftime show ever and I just, I, you know, what, and again, we talked about this. I didn't think it was the worst ever. I didn't think it was the best ever. I thought it was good. Like I, I don't need, and then I went on to find out, okay, she's expecting and she's pregnant, which yeah. was impressive to me. Right. And I'm like, well, that's pretty impressive. You know, that she did all this while and showing pregnant, not like one month pregnant, not that there's any month that's easier or harder than the other, but I'm like, you know, she's, did she, and again, like the, what people don't understand is like with her music, there's, she's in a lot of these combination songs right where she has it's her and somebody else right. um so yeah so was there a track playing in the background yes but what i think was happening is she would sing parts dance at some parts the mic would go down the track would still be playing in the back it's not really like flat out lip syncing i don't think i think it's it's just a different type of live performance and if you go to concerts that's the way you know the famous pitbull concert that i went to he duets with a lot of people so a lot of the stuff is him doing his part he puts the microphone down and then it's the you know Again, I thought it was good. Was it the best ever? No. Was it the worst? And but one thing I do notice, we DJed at Wise All Music. Did DJ a daddy daughter dance last night that Miss Fowler and Miss Wynn put on? The scene plan was really good. This performance, there's because there's a lot of kids here now. This is like an elementary themed dance, I guess I'd put it because it's a daddy daughter dance. A lot of requests for Rihanna now. Like this sort of push this show. I think sort of a lot of her songs that were now like what seven, eight, nine, ten years old are now people want to hear again all of a sudden. We had a lot of requests for Umbrella and that sort of thing. So it worked for her. Yeah, I, I was, you know, when I was watching actually with, with the, the Pates and DePauli families. Um, I wasn't, to me, it's just, I, I was I was hoping Jay-Z would come out. I think last year really set the bar high. I think it needed more. And it was, it really was, theatrically, it was, it was really good. But the theatrics kind of wear off pretty quickly. I'm not certainly going to suggest under any circumstance it was the worst one ever, but I just wanted more. I thought, you know, I was waiting for Jay-Z. I was waiting for Eminem, people that she's collaborated with, uh, something like that, some sort of surprise. You know, certainly performance-wise, she was remarkably good. The, the choreography is, I mean, I, I, I just can't do that, but I just wanted more. That's all it was for me. Tommy, do you have an opinion on the show? Yeah, you know, I'm the same. I was pretty much the same as uh, Gervasi. Uh, it, Rihanna's amazing. I mean, amazing talent, great voice. I mean, most of the world knows her songs. But yeah, after the la not even just last year, just as far back as I can think of, there's always at least someone that pops out in the middle of it or some sort of collaboration between two different genres of music. Yeah. And I think when people are just used to that, and then everyone's a lot of people are just like anticipating so they're not really enjoying this the show because they're waiting to see who's like you're right is where's that is eminem popping out is jay-z popping out you know who's popping out actually um one of my boys were like i wonder if tom holland's gonna pop out i don't know if he did like a like a lip sync spoof of her umbrella song and it was i guess it got real a lot of views a, a few years ago and so you know i think that's what kind of makes it not quite the level of what it should be even though she's an amazing talent but yeah it, I, after last year for me um it's hard like i'm like everything's i'm comparing everything to last year that was for me that was probably the best halftime show in in since i've been watching halftime shows so we got yeah that was hard i felt bad a little bit with some of the flack she you know she got on twitter and stuff but the down river and friends is the best i mean someone's always <laughs> got something to say down there 
I'm sure her billionaire self wasn't concerned with what Downriver and Friends or anyone else was saying. I'm sure she went home that night and slept like a baby. <laughs> oh, oh yes, for sure. I, you know, I, I do think for our listener, if you want to just find Mike Peone on Facebook in the comments, that the trolling you do on Downriver and Friends is well worth your time. It's pretty funny. And I don't mean to hijack this because I want to get into Tom's Mike of the Week. Sure. I actually hosted on Downriver and Friends this week, and I thought for sure it'd get yanked down. So we we talked about the balloons, right? And now oh, there's been more things shot out of the sky in the past couple of weeks. Now they think it's like some hobbyist balloon and it got taken out by like a fighter jet, uh, but whatever. So I posted, I go online and I find this picture of the Death Star with the clouds in the background. And I'm like, snap this picture over South Brownstown on my drive home today. Be safe, everyone out there. <laughs> posted on Downriver Friends. It survived. Like Downriver <laughs> Jeff, let it go. I, I, it has like over 800 likes. It's probably my. Mo- I should have like put a comment that says, "Hey, go find past the mic podcast or something." And <laughs> the best part was, there's a few comments in there. Like 97 percent of the people obviously knew it was a joke, but the three percent of people, a couple comments of like the WTH like question mark or like oh my god, and I just left those alone. I I couldn't. I couldn't be that cruel that but these people actually think the Death Star was hovering over South Brownstown as a total threat at any minute. So, oh man, but I it survived. The post is still there. You can go find it. All right. So with that, it's time for the Mike of the Week. Tom, we are letting you choose our Mike of the Week. We sent you the whole list of who's off the board. So who do you have for us as your Mike of the Week? And what we'll do is we'll get we'll print this up. We'll send it back with uh, his son so he can sign it and date it and go up on the wall and we'll get it back. So who's your Mike of the Week? Oh man, you know, my all-time Mike of the week should have been Michael Diamond, but that was, you know, was your episode two. You guys already had Mr. Yes, Mike on there. So um, I'm going to go with Michael Johnson. Uh, oh, Michael Johnson, the uh, Team USA track yeah. and field star from the 90s. Um, I I loved the 200 in high school. That was like my favorite race uh, when I ran track and he ran the 200 and the 400 in the 90s and so he was just kind of a guy I looked up to. I, uh, you know, I read his book. I try to, you know, emulate, you know, his training style and everything back then. And so that's always been a Michael that I really uh, appreciated. The 1996 Olympics, where he won what? He won the gold in the 200 and the 400. So that was a that was a big deal for us. Uh, Olympics were big in our household. So it not only is was he a really good athlete to me, you know, the Olympics were a big deal. Uh, one of the only athletes to win four gold medals at that time or something like that in track and field. So Michael Johnson is my Michael of the week. Excellent. 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 As, as track season is drawing close here, as the winter yep. sports season is about to end. Good, good call. Good to throw in there. Okay. So our education topic this week, we thought we'd have you on and we're, you're, you're almost going to, we'll ask some questions here and there, but a lot of our stuff that we've talked about through the episodes, the first 60 episodes has been secondary related, obviously, because we both work on the secondary level, but we thought we'd bring uh, a guest on from the elementary. You want to sort of hear of like what led you um, into working the elementary um, up at the high school um, our former boss Mr. Bill Stevenson whenever there used to be these little and you know this as well as we're not going to exp- we're not explaining anything new there's always sort of these little I don't want to say feuds but I guess visions of what's going on at the high school and visions of what's going on down at the elementary and someday some people and I'm not saying it's some everybody some people think oh they got it so easy up there and some people say oh they got it so easy down there now Mike and I both we don't we we're from the and i'm sure you're you're a pretty reasonable guy we understand that it's a totally different operation and you have to have a totally different personality i don't think it's easier down there that's why i and my former boss bill Stevenson said we checked the box the famous when you were back at eastern you checked the box and we checked the box that said seven through twelve well for me at that time it was seven through twelve i think it might be six through twelve now um you know and knowing that this is what me my personality is best suited for i'm checking this box There'll be things that are harder about it that I'm checking this box that I have to accept. There are going to be things that are better down there that I'm going to miss out on, but I check this box because there are more positives for me and my personality up here. Um, so we sort of like to hear like what led you to check that box and then sort of like, what are your, um, what are the things you love about working down there? And maybe some of the things that like, could you ever see yourself popping up? Um, I'm, you know, middle school level maybe, or um, is it one of those things like, no way, man, I check this box. This is where I'm meant to be. Yeah, you know, I for the for the most part, I would say I would have said probably not. I probably would have said, you know, I'm good sticking down here. Like this is kind of my pocket. 
but you know in the last few years or so now that my boys are getting older and I'm getting more into the high school scene with sports and student council and everything um you know I'm starting to get drawn to it. I'm not saying that I'm going anywhere but I'm just you know I'm seeing more of the aspect from a, um, as a parent so I also kind of get to see it as a teacher as well um and I could see doing any level really. Um, just teaching in general is is pretty cool to me, in my opinion. Um, but I elementary is where I've kind of always wanted to be in a way. Um, I associate most of it with my third grade teacher, um, Mrs. Campbell, Gudith uh, Elementary School. Um, she just was different. Um, I know everybody has that one teacher probably if they you know, enjoyed anything in, in school at all growing up, but uh, she just was different. And um, even after third grade, she was, she, she like kind of set this bar that I would compare other teachers to. And to this day, I just tried to emulate a lot of the stuff that I remember from how she ran a classroom. So that was the major, first real major reason why I chose elementary. Uh, but when I started subbing and things like that, I, I kind of, felt like I fit better in elementary. I, a little, I'm a little more goofier than I think teenagers would <laughs> roll with, you know, uh, maybe not as a coach or whatever, but as a teacher anyway, I just, uh, you can be a little more, a little more silly, I guess. You don't have to be quite as uh, worried about, you know, your personality and stuff like that in elementary school. You know, it's a lot of goofing around and stuff. And so I feel like elementary is a little bit easier in that way. Um, but yeah, there's honestly, there's even between subbing stuff, there's a lot of differences that I can think of. I don't know uh, if you guys wanted me to go into that or right now or. Well, I mean, how do you do? You, I mean, so you have, uh, you've been fourth grade. You said, you said fourth grade is where you're at and that's what you've been since yep. day one at Hunter. And so you've had now, do they, and I'm, again, I'm not, I'm not trying to, play dumb I'm I know back when I was at Hunter I went to Hunter and yeah. and I know my own kids going through Chapman some grades they would rotate and go to a different teacher for a subject you know and even me but wait I'm not even, I'm not gonna equate myself because it was so long ago that only happened to me once I hit sixth grade and I would switch with one teacher for one subject is that do you have the same kids all day do you rotate a subject what's your current situation like right now I guess um, currently, right now, we have uh, three fourth grade teachers at Hunter, and we do uh, swap a little bit. Um, I'm the social studies teacher, so I will, we actually have the teachers in my grade, we decided to move the teacher instead. So okay. um, I'll go, I'll go to all three classrooms, uh, two to three times a week and teach social studies. Um, one of my teaching partners, uh, Ms. Sarnota, she's the science teacher, and then our other teaching partner, Mrs. Getch, she's the we decided to do grammar because it's so bad in elementary school we decided to dedicate a specific you know to grammar and you know writing so that's how we switch but we all teach our own math uh we all teach our own reading okay so, so you do get so you do get some interaction with instead of just your core of your class you get to really know the entire fourth grade uh, right. because of the rotation system so because that's one of the things you know that we have at secondary is obviously we're never going to see everybody in our rooms but we obviously see more kids per day in our room than uh, most people at the elementary, even with the rotation, because like Mike, you know, even though I've lost touch with the classroom, uh, Mike has, you know, five sections with 30, you know, students a day. So he's seeing 150 kids a day, you know? Right. Yeah. That is definitely one of the most significant differences though, between elementary and secondary is the amount of students. Um, even though I do see other students, it's not every day. Like yeah. you said, like Michael sees an entire classroom every, you know, hour or whatever every day different kids every time you know i'm only spending a small you know 45 50 minutes a couple times a day and the building is a lot smaller so you know they're just a, a classroom over it's not as you know big of an area so that is one of the major differences that i can see is just the type of because you know another year you could have a teaching partner that would rather not switch then you don't have to um i've had years where i didn't switch um, at Hunter and at another, another building. And so you take, you teach all the subjects and then you're kind of, you have your classroom and the only time you see any other students in that grade level is if you see them at, you know, lunch or something like that. So, so that is a big difference. I was, uh, 
originally an elementary ed major and actually for I, I kept it for a while I went to a friend's classroom was just thinking about this just now this guy I've always viewed him as being so young and hip. he's darn near retirement and um, I haven't talked to him in probably about a year but I he may be retiring after this year but his classroom was in Pinckney um, and it was a fourth grade class and, and you know I, I went in there like man this is what I'm gonna do, what I'm gonna do. and these kids like it, it was just crazy to me first off the idea of being with the same group of kids the entire day, I didn't realize how, I, the, the little things that are kind of cute at the beginning of the day, kind of great on you by the end. Um, but, you know, sitting down for reading and you got kids like sitting on your feet. Um, you got the kid that wants to show you this picture he's drawn and there's one line drawn. He comes back and shows you the net line he drew. And I didn't realize that part of it. And I, I really was given an education that day. And that was the day I decided I'm not doing elementary. Um, I, so for me, man, you guys are, I, I, I it's top notch. I, I, I realize everything is kind of different. Um, and, and, you know, the, the checking the boxing, Mike's Mike mentioned, there's certainly some positives and negatives of both, but the amount of patience you guys have to have is, is unreal. So I commend you all for that because like I said, I, one day, I mean, I, I had subbed a little bit too, but I, that one day was like, man, I, I, there's no way I can do this. So you guys do, you guys are doing God's work down there for sure. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I appreciate it. Uh, but yeah, that's really, you know, all the little notes I kind of had in my head for today, all the comparing and contrasting, it is, most of it is with that type of, you know, developmental skill level and independence. You're right. That's like the biggest aspect of it. Um, the, the best story I can give is when I first started subbing, um, subbing for Rocco that day, I saw he was one of my first sub jobs. And I remember I was kind of nervous because I've never subbed in a high school or anything before. And so I come in and, you know, he's like, Hey, I teach math. Can you sub for me? I was like, you know, sure. You know, I get in there and then I sit down and I looking at the sub plans, I'm realized he only teaches like advanced level math and I'm in elementary school here. And, you know, the, the best I can do is, you know, comparing fractions and, you know, he's got a, you know, AP Calc class first hour, you know, a statistics the next hour. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, what am I supposed to do here? And uh, at the bottom is uh, bottom of his notes, it says in bold, don't worry, every group will take care of themselves. He's like, all you got to do is take attendance and then show them which pile is theirs on my desk and they'll do everything. You just got to sit there and, you know, just do classroom management if you have to. And I thought there is no possible way. And, but it, it was, that's how it was. And it was, you know, everybody came in, said good morning, grabbed their work, got in their groups, got to work, bell rang, they left. And I basically just sat there all day, you know, doing not much, just saying hi and goodbye to a group every hour. And then a couple of days later, I subbed um, at Parsons for gym. And I remember the first three classes, all I did, I couldn't even get to the assignment because all I did was tie shoes. <laughs> My very first class, it was a kindergarten class. And he said, line up against the wall, make sure their shoes are tied and then have them run down the gym and back and then take attendance, right? <laughs> Um, so who's, who, whose shoes are tied? Who needs their shoes tied? Every single student, all 20 something of them, raise their hand. I need my shoes tied. So I'm tying double shoes. So, you know, almost 60 pairs of shoes. And it takes me a good half hour. And then they'd run their do. I do attendance and then it's time to go. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, the difference is yeah. ridiculous, you know? Yeah, just those little things. Um, yeah, I, I think is I, huge. Yeah, I think definitely like at the uh, the high school, and, and again, this way, it's just a different personality. And I think like we, we are, we're spoiled at the high school that if, 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 you know, if you're not feeling well one day, but not sick enough that you don't, that you can work up a lesson that you could just sort of, you're not on, you're, you don't have to be on for six hours. You know what I mean? I mean, yes, you have to be right. supervising your kids and taking role, but you, you can't pull that off in the elementary at any level fifth grade all the way down and especially the lower you go I'd imagine like like yeah. you know and you know we have some luxuries of uh, you know you know standing out in the hallway letting the kids fly in flow in especially you know even the ninth graders when they come in I mean most people get under the routine and know what's going on and know what's expected and the behavior at our school is pretty good but that's a that's a luxury that a lot of teachers don't have that you can we can stand on the hall and talk in passing and there's 23 kids in your room and or 30 kids in your room and nothing is going on in there that shouldn't be going on that you guys don't have that luxury um and I and, and we totally get it and you know and I think you know sometimes people fear secondary because they're like oh you know 
you know, what, what's this, this kid's going to get, you know, if I were to yell at a kid in elementary school, I doubt they're going to get face to face with me and, you know, get get into it with me. And sometimes we get that at the high school for about 15 seconds and then they realize they're in the wrong, but I, there's really, you know, I, I, it, it's, it's really a personality thing. I, I started in the middle school, so I feel like the low, and again, and I've coached youth sports and that's totally different than teaching. I get that. So I've worked, I, you know, I coach, you know, and I know you have too, I, I, I coach my kid all the way up through elementary. So I've worked with groups of 12 to 13 boys or girls, depending on the sport. And um, uh, I could survive that. I don't know if I could, you know, that was like two days a week, right? Like you'd practice and then have a sport day. That was about my limit <laughs> with, with that age group, even when it was my own kid. Uh, so I commend you guys. And, and again, and that's, and that's what people need to understand about education is we are all one big unit that we are supporting each other, knowing that there's people up in the high school that know they can't go down there and do what you're doing. And there's people that are down there that know, Hey, we're doing this up to a certain point, then we're handing them off. And this is where you guys come in. You know, I want yeah. to add to, I, I, one other difference, I was just thinking about this as you are talking, Mike, um, when we have something go wrong to, if we're, for whatever reason, just, you know, I think back, I'm sure you remember the end of the year, 2006, when we had sort of a transitionary period between one leader and the next, yes. um, things were kind of spiraling out of control. And the, our group also, if, if there's not adults around and something goes wrong, the majority of kids are going to come find us. Right. And so yes. we had that, that major thing going on in the, in the school store there and we were dragged from you know the lunchroom because the kids knew this isn't okay uh i think in your end tom and correct me if i'm wrong i'm just kind of curious they might be a little bit more cautious uh as to what they're supposed to do because you know they uh, the elementary kid has a little bit more discerning to do um uh, between am i being a tattletale or is this really just a situation where i need to to tell somebody about it no that's for sure um that's a, a huge one um because yeah, they're, they're still little kids, you know, they're still looking, they don't have a sense of, they don't have that independence uh, that you have when you're, you know, 14, 15, 17, 18 years old. Um, you know, you're seeing, you're still being told all the time, you know, what to eat, what to wear, you know, what time to go to bed, you know, brush your teeth. So you still have all these. So when you come to school, you're still looking at the teacher as more of like, almost like a parent. You know, we tell them what what time to eat lunch, and we still have to say, get out your pencils, put away your this. You know, um, you know, as simple as kids come in every morning, and they don't realize they don't have a lunch. You know, and then they tell you at noon when it's time for lunch that they don't have a lunch. You know, um, so you're correct. Like, you know, if something happens, they really don't know what to do. They're just looking. They're just gonna sit there and hope a teacher shows up. Or, yeah, you're right. They're just gonna. There's always maybe one you get lucky, uh, you get get that one student that's a little bit more, um, I guess, mature than you than and most elementary school students who sometimes can take take charge. But again, that's few and few and far between. Usually, if, you, if you're lucky, you get one every year that kind of can help you in a way in those situations. But yeah, just uh, you know, independence and things like time management and, and crisis control, like you said, you know, those things don't, those are all things that you got to kind of hold, you know, hold hands in it, if you want to say, you know, in a different way, but you, you know, there's a lot more handholding in elementary school, even for up sure. to fourth and fifth grade, for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. And then a lot more, I don't know exactly, but I feel like there's a lot more um, parent teacher communication, I feel like in elementary school, Yeah, not because you want to, but because, you know, you know, not to be, not to say it one way or another, but, you know, on an average morning, I'm probably emailing our parents scoring with four or five teachers or, or parents, you know, oh, hey, you know, so-and-so forgot to comb their hair. Uh, could you find someone to comb their hair? You know, so-and-so forgot their, you know, their gym shoes, you know, could you tell Mr., you know, the gym teacher this? And I don't, I feel like you probably don't get that as that kind of stuff, you know, if, somebody in your third hour forgets their their homework their, their parents not calling you you know saying hey so and so forgot their homework and so honestly a good half hour of my morning every day is making sure everybody has a snack to make sure everybody has a coat making sure you know and then and answering um you know parent emails or parent parent squares 
pretty much that's you know mornings how in elementary school that's pretty much how it goes you know so yeah i know that's not how it goes in high school not having a high schooler you know so yeah that's definitely a big difference um parent communication is is a lot more i feel like in elementary school so can't really like you said the bell rings you can kind of get started everyone kind of gets in knows what they're supposed to do for the most part but yeah um elementary there's no getting started i guess right away if that makes sense sure. no totally I, we appreciate your insight and input our we're going to move right into overrated underrated which still ties into your area of expertise because it doesn't happen as much at the high school level but and again this was going to tie in better with last week and i'm not trying to pile on you mike that we couldn't do the episode last week because <laughs> a lot of it was on me too but <clears throat> last week would have been um valentine's day parties as well right those are still a thing at oh, the yeah. uh, elementary level, the, uh, you know, the, so we figured what a great overrated, underrated topic, overrated, underrated class parties, um, any aspect that go from Mike and I could be a parent wise or from our days back being a kid wise, Tom, your experiences now or however you want to do it. So what do you got for us? That's overrated class party. I know because we had our, we had our union meeting Tuesday, the elementary people were exhausted walking yeah. into that union meeting. I totally get it. Uh, what do you got as overrated for class parties? Um, overrated, I think, well, overrated, I got a couple I was trying to choose between, um, as far of a, as a teacher goes, I feel like the pressure of having to like give something to each student at a, during a class party, I feel is kind of overrated. You know, I, my first few years, I would stress out and I'll be up all night looking for the coolest teacher gifts to give students and everything and thinking I had to go, you know, do all this stuff. And one year I said, you know what? I just kind of made something up and I gave, you know, something I thought would be fun and I gave it to them. It didn't cost me much and stuff. And to this day, that that's my class's favorite thing every year. They find out from the kids, you know, the fifth graders, oh, are we gonna get that, you know, <laughs> that from Christmas like they did last year? And it was just something really simple. So uh, teacher, the gift you give to the students, I feel like is kind of overrated, um, but also, Another part that I feel like is overrated is, I, I don't know how to say this, something it's not like the classroom party itself, like it doesn't have to be such a big theatrical thing, you know? Mm. And um, it's just something to tie into the theme of the holiday and to kind of get the kids away from working for an hour or something <laughs> like that. And, you know, you think a lot of teams are like, oh, you know, that's a nice break for you. It's like you said, they, they were exhausted. It's not really a break because you're almost like a party planner every holiday. You know, you gotta, you gotta plan something, you know? And uh, so that's kind of the overrated. I think it needs, it doesn't have to be such a big deal. Uh, I, a lot of teachers call this pressure. I feel like, I don't know if it's because of another building or another grade level maybe goes big and you feel like you gotta go big, but you keep really it up with the Joneses. Really, really, it, you know, it's like, it's not that big of a deal. The kids just, they just want the break. They just want to have some fun. And, you know, it could be as simple as you want it to be. And the kids will like it, love it just as much. So for any teachers listening out there that do elementary, like, just relax. It's not a big deal. It'll you know? all be fine. Yeah. All right, Mike. Mike, what do you got as your overrated? And well, tell me where it's gonna, coming from. I'm going to jump off of what Tom's is. My underrated is going to lead into my overrated. So I'm going to do both at once. That's fine. That's fine. All right. So Tom, I'm agreeing. The, the parties themselves, the theatrics, the, the pageantry, I, 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 they are very overrated. <laughs> this, this ties into your homecoming court overratedness too. I can, I no, can, there's a theme. Okay. That's right. That's been canceled now that your daughter's the princess. That's right. King, King Gervasi. <laughs> there, there is a thing. But listen, listen, listen. So, okay. So Mike, so I'm going to leave it into my underrated. All right. The parties themselves being overrated. Mike, when's your birthday? I know the answer, but I'm asking you. My my birthday is May first. Yes, Tommy. Just kidding. I was challenging Joe Harrison. Uh, Tom Pack that, again. That's an inside joke. Tom uh, staff member. Tom Pack. When's your birthday? February fifteenth. Okay. So you guys don't understand something. Uh, us July birthdays or August oh. birthdays. Oh or boy. We were always left out. All right. So the underrated. I'm speaking for the summer babies. We never got that party. We just had to, the struggle is real, fellas. We had to go and watch all you guys, you know, the, the 80 plus percent of the class that got the parties, the 20 percent. We're tougher. We had to watch this. So the underrated are the people that didn't have the, the, the June through September birthdays. It's the July and August birthdays that didn't get the party. The struggle is real, fellas. 
underrated us. Is our, our, before you get to your underrated, I, I don't want to. Oh, the underrated is the not. Wait, well, what's the oh, the parties in general? The overrated. The underrated Party. is the, the underrated the are the people, people that don't get the parties. Oh, the the is us. We're forgotten. Pull up your bootstraps and make yourself an ice cream cone yeah. cupcake. At Whatever, home, man. Right? No, That's what, well, my question is: Do our birthdays a thing still, or has that been banned since COVID? Or I, I thought when my kids were getting done with elementary, they were like no more birthday treats. I thought that was what was going down the lines, but due to either food allergies and other things. Is so. What's the current state of birthdays? in the elementary world birthday parties are are a touchy subject Uh oh i don't want to get you in trouble no 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 no, that's okay that's all right um i feel like every elementary building and every teacher kind of has their own kind of view on it and it did kind of go away with covid 2020 uh 2021 we came back it was absolutely nothing coming in from home you know yeah and so you know um and last year even you know the first half of the year with the masks and everything it was no absolutely not but we're slowly yeah. kind of this year we're slowly kind of getting back into and also if you know if, if a parent shows up to the front with two dozen cupcakes like it's hard to be like yeah you Who's can't no. you know it's it's really hard it, yeah, it's, it. it's very touchy yeah um yeah. you know okay, so Tom, parents, how, do you, how do you include those uh july babies you know that's actually this year is one of my first years you know when i when i you know, on, on, you can like print the birthday list, you know, on my star and everything. And, you know, at the beginning of school year, I look, you know, elementary, you got, you got a birthday wall. I got to have that birthday wall. And I couldn't believe how many summer birthdays I had this year. Out of 23 students, over half of them were Whoa. like June, July, August, early September birthdays. And I'm like, geez, um, I don't. So I just don't do a ton for birthdays, even during the school year. We do a little you know, we, we make them come up front and we, you know, we sing to them. We have a little dance we do and all that and give them those, give them a, like, you know, I give them the homework pass for their birthday. Um, but at the end of the school year, what I do is I just, I bring them all up all the June, July, August birthdays. And we sing every time for every student, we sing it all over again. So if there's 10, we, we, we just sing it 10 times in a row. We celebrate all 10 of them at the same time. And, they all still get, you know, they still get their little homework pass, but you know, it's towards the end of the school year, but uh, it's, it is tough. I get that. Um, yeah. Being a February birthday, it's not as tough, but yeah, that's definitely for sure. Um, that's how I deal with it anyway. All right. So, all right. My overrated is, and it ties into the Valentine's day party. The, the new era of that, like back in our day with Valentine's, remember it was just a card you go pick out and it'd be like a little plastic cutout. Aren't these Valentines like, like people are like doing like almost like mini gift bags for some of these Valentines now? Has it gotten to that point? Back in the day, listen, man, I want the Spider-Man set. Whoever with the cutest girl was in third grade, I'd get the best Spider-Man one, you know, and write her to give that one to her. Um, you know, now I see like there's on TikTok and stuff, there's like gift bags, almost like when you go to the award show and it's not just a little plastic card anymore, right? Am I right with this? Like overrated is the craziness that is now the Valentine's Day no longer just a card not just valentine's day that's i mean that's that's all holidays um you you always have you always have the few kids or a few families that they go all out it doesn't matter how halloween birthdays valentine's day uh you know the kids gonna be asking for you to come out to the car and help them with a big old box of something you know little gift bags and stuff and then you so it's a little of both it's 50 it's like I would say it's like 60, 40, you know, 60%, the kids are still with the, you know, the, the sucker with a little card on it or the, yeah. what's the, what's popular, the fun dip, what you can write your name on, the oh, fun yeah. dip, you know, and you know, that's, you get that kid. And then you also get, like you said, you'll get the kid with the, you know, cellophane heart bags full of pencils and candy and what, what, what say you. And it's, it's a, it's a little of both, but you're right. Yeah. It's not, it's, it's either go big or go home or, or keep it old school. It's keep one it or the other. There's no, it, there's no in between. Between. yeah, not at all. And, uh, I guess it's, sometimes you feel you almost want to be like, eh, let's just everyone get the same thing, you know, but then again, you don't want to have to worry about that as well, but yeah, that's for sure. There's definitely a lot of that. Yeah. All right. So Mike gave his underrated yeah. complaining about his summer birthday. What do you have as underrated for the holiday party scene in the elementary world? 
Underrated for holiday parties. Um, this was a harder one um for me. Uh underrated. I thought overrated would be harder, but um underrated is just ha making it as a holiday party in general. I feel like in elementary school anyway, even at the high school level, sometimes I wonder like we we cram so much into the school year now. Like back when we were kids, like you said, it was a little bit simpler, but times were simpler as well. There was a lot more time to have class parties, I feel. Oh, like. yes. Now, especially like when, you know, after the Christmas break with, you know, with standardized testing and everything, like there's not a lot of time and you hit March and you're kind of in crisis mode as a teacher, you know, like, am I going to get all this in? And so um, just... It doesn't even have to be a holiday party. I feel like underrated is just taking a break yeah. and letting the kids kind of just have a half hour or an hour or, or a day to just, just you know, just come to school and have fun. Because, you know, if you talk to, when I talk to high schoolers or former students and stuff, when they remember most about their elementary teacher isn't like how good they were at, you know, teaching them division or, right. you know, how, how great they were at, you know, at science. It was that clap, that one party or the one teacher that always kind of slowed things down and they knew when we were kind of overwhelmed and just gave us some free time, you know, like, so that kind of ties in with my overrated too, is it doesn't have to be such a big deal. Um, yeah. Have a Valentine's party, but also maybe, yeah, have a March something it doesn't have to be a big deal. So my, I, my underrated really is just the classroom party itself. It, you, I don't, you don't have to call them a party. You can just have some fun. Don't some downtime. Just yeah, just downtime. Mental, mental break. I, I totally, totally, I totally get what break. you're, I totally what you're getting at. It's like, we almost feel guilty when we have an assembly or something at the high school. Right. And we used to have yeah. a lot more. We used to have like two pep rallies for homecoming and, you know, and it's like, anytime you put in, it's not our administration making us feel guilty. It's just that some of our own colleagues say, Hey, why are we having another shortened day you know like and i'm like well you know it doesn't have to be six days six hours six days 180 some days like there's there's got to be some aspect to this you know and it's not necessarily parties but things like that and it's an important part of socialization it's an important part of the school day so i think that's a great point great underrated uh my underrated and you may disagree with me i still like the halloween parade um with all the kids dressed up this is me as an adult even when my kids were in elementary i know the weather sometimes isn't the best and it sucks and sometimes you have to go inside and this and that i still think that's one of the coolest things about elementary parties is the old you know and i'm, I'm pretty sure over by you brownstown what police and fire come and help out and uh you know i know in rockwood for chapman the rockwood fire department will come i think that's just a cool thing if the weather's nice it's a great event you know tied into the halloween party oh for sure and again that was something that got brought back you know the first time this year since since 2020 and you know we didn't know how it would uh but yeah i mean at Hunter anyway, like, you know, it's a big deal. You're right, the, the fire department comes out with the fire truck to lead the way, police are in the back, got their sirens going. We let the parents know the route we go through the ramble with subdivision here. And I mean, there's, you. it's like a mini Thanksgiving day parade. There's parents lined up and down the street, you know, people with younger kids come out and throw babies in their strollers and wagons just to watch and wave at the kids. and kids feel real special for about an hour there you know waving at all these people with their costumes on and it is definitely yeah that's for sure that's that was one of the things that was a big bummer that kind of went away over the yeah. last few years but yeah and i think it's yeah, just a, in, in that and it, it really hasn't changed i mean back from when i went to hunter that was the fire truck and the police truck were there people would line up yeah. and down roche uh the community loves it even if you don't have kids in school i think it's just an easy safe fun thing to do for kids and uh, and i and i appreciate that you guys still continue doing that for our elementary kids i'm glad it's back um it's yeah, a fun sure. event yeah us too all right all right it's going to bring us to our hot mic takes of the week uh we no no pickums this week right um, the all-star game was last night so we don't even have that michigan michigan state basketball game we missed that uh tom do you have a hot mic take for us this week man you know i thought do i go heavy here or do I, or do I go lighthearted so here? It's, that it's, was, it's, it was it's a hard the, one. It's the call we have to make every week. Yeah. Week. You know, I was, I, I was uh, walking the dog this morning and I kept trying to go between the two and uh, I don't know, uh, I, it, but it's, it's kind of weighs on my mind. So I feel like I have to go a little heavy. I'm not going to go too far into it, but you know, one of my rules is don't talk politics and religion in a group 
in a room full of people, friends or not. But um, just between the news and TikTok and everything, it just, I guess it kind of boggles my mind. And Gervasi and I have talked about this on the side. Um, my hot mic take is why does there have to be uh, this side and that side with everything? Not even politics, but even going with like the Rihanna thing or or the or the weather balloon thing. Like, why is it one or the other? You know, I you know this country is so one or the other, and it kind of boggles my mind in a way that there's not some sort of middle ground that all these intelligent, educated adults that live in this country and run this country can't seem to come with come up with some sort of in between. Like, why is it so hard to? be the person to be like, hey, I, I see both sides of the story here. I see both sides of the lane. Like, I, let's come up with something that kind of fixes both. And uh, this is something that's just like really I'm intrigued with. And I'm always trying to, I, I like fall into the rabbit hole at night when everyone goes to bed of seeing all these different like political arguments or, you know, even, even in sports and things like that. You know, uh, my biggest example, I guess, would be like, with the whole thing with this voting of the speaker, like, you know, one party clearly didn't want that speaker, but they still vote him in because they're like, oh, well, he's our team. That's our teammate. So we might as well vote for him. And I guess it boggles my mind. I feel like uh, so much could be, so much in this country could be fixed if we could just calm down and just look at the whole picture. Like you teach every kid to do when you're growing up, you know? So that's my hot mic, I guess. I think well, it's a great point. And I think, and I think, and I think things, things would be more about problem solving instead of being right. Right. That, that could be the focus of it. I don't, I don't know what you were going to say, Mike. No, I just think it's been, I, I believe it's been exacerbated by social media. I think that's brought out our worst demons. And um, I'm, I'm not saying social media is all evil in, in all its regards. I think it's done some good things too, but I think it has brought out our worst demons and has really magnified the differences between us and, and made them and now social media has kind of led the way now all media we, we choose our media we choose our arguments um so you know i i feel very strongly about things but i'd like to think i could see other points of view in most not all circumstances i think there's certain things that we shouldn't compromise on but um yeah i agree i think that's that's well put well said even to the point where you know they've studied like even selection of beer has become a political thing one side or the other you know it's so bizarre um so yeah. I'm with time. well well said yeah just bizarre right, you, it, it, it's but very bizarre to me like the fact that you know m&ms became a political thing a couple of weeks ago like I, I just can't i don't understand you know maybe i'm not smart enough to understand but i just in my simple mind i just i feel like it's could be a lot easier solution this day my other one was teacher dress code though but you know i didn't know which one was gonna be more more hot mic for so. I actually prefer your <laughs> I prefer the one you did here and so I don't okay as union president <laughs> I don't want to hear that uh Mike what do you got for us yeah so uh you know I, I kind of bounce back and forth on this too I'm going to hold off on I had one um regarding former baseball player Wally Pip I'm going to hold off on that one right now though and say I'm uh refereeing a couple basketball games and I'm going to use this as an opportunity as a PSA uh, we grew up in the 90s, and there were sort of like two points of view on role models in athletics. Uh, one side was the Michael Jordan side, which I mean, his commercial, his, his slogan of Gatorade was be like Mike. It, there, there's no other, hey, you know, I'm a role model than that because you want to be like me. And then there was Charles Barkley, who was flat out said, I'm not a role model. I'm not charged with raising your kid. Parents are role models. Uh, just because I could dunk a basketball doesn't mean I should raise your kid. Um and I used to be of the totally Charles Barkley opinion, but I think the realities of life have kind of set in. A couple of weeks ago, uh, LeBron James felt like he didn't get a call at the end of the game, and, and he was actually right. Uh, but they studied this a little bit deeper. And he Not surprisingly, he gets more calls than he doesn't. Nonetheless, um, his antics after, and I'm one on here, I'll preface by saying I do criticize officials, especially as a Lions fan. I feel like we've gotten wrong with some controversial calls. So, Mike, I'm, I'm, I'm prefacing by saying that I know you think that, but I do think the athletes need to be much more mindful of how they're acting because LeBron encapsulated something. It's not his fault kids model him. He's just a great basketball player, but they do. And so I'm sure if LeBron James is listening, um, watching him and then seeing the way some kids react to foul calls in youth basketball is very similar 
eerily similar, sadly similar. And I think I think athletes need to be more mindful of that. Unfortunately, NBA players have the uh, misfortune of of being so up in your face. You know, the game is so close to where the fans are. They're not wearing any protective gear. It's just their uniforms. So you see everything they're doing. And with that comes this, this, it's much more visible. I have no doubt in my mind NFL players argue calls. I have no doubt in my mind hockey players, baseball baseball players, you can see managers doing it, but it's much more in your face with basketball. And I hope they become more, much more mindful because um, it, it is so apparent now. Um, and we see it with parents in the stands, the way they act towards officials. But, and I, this is the second time I've done this, but I, I it comes off the heels of LeBron acting that way on national television. I really think that they need to be more athletes in general need to be more mindful of how they're acting because the youth absolutely models themselves on what they're doing. All right. Well, well, it's well said and well done. And um, totally agree. I totally agree, but it, it is, it, it's hard. I mean, it, it, you know, I, I know from having a son that, you know, watches and plays basketball, you know, and he, and I, and I always, I get on this case right away if he, you know, rolls his eyes or does whatever. And, but we've worked games lots of times and some of the stuff I see is just crazy, you know, to these poor guys that, and gals that are officiating these games, you know what I mean? So, all right. My hot mic take, um, I guess borders on lighthearted, but it ties into this. Um, I was, I've been watching some TikTok videos and I was never, um, I listened to a few, couple other podcasts out there. Um, and I never listened to, as some say, the gold standard of podcasts right now, right? The Joe Rogan experience. I mean, that's obviously the, and I, my days of Joe Rogan, I remember when he hosted Fear Factor. That's my last interaction with any of his stuff. But on TikTok, I saw a couple, they, these people like take like clips and put it together. And a couple of these clips to me were pretty interesting, mainly because of the guests. I told you this, Mike, that, you know, there's a couple of guests that I saw on these clips. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go find these episodes because I got 90 seconds of clips and they were really interesting. And something came across to me now as I've listened to now like two on my walks and they're pretty long. They're about two hour episodes usually. Um, it's all about the guests. And it's all, and again, congratulations, you know, in honor here of our guest here, Mr. Pack. And I think about like all of our episodes, our most listened to episodes, if you look at the data, yeah. are, are usually all of our episodes with guests. And that's the thing with Joe Rogan. And I, and I know, I know he's a, you know, again, speaking of sides, there's sides, you know, there's people that can't stand the guy and there's people that praise the guy I'm sort of like one of these guys like okay I'm gonna I knew him from before I'm gonna listen to a couple of these episodes he's really good at his job he's really good on that show interviewing people and asking questions and the guests though make the show I'm going I'm not listening now to everyone I'm going through the list and saying okay this guest sounds interesting I'm gonna add this to my collection I'm gonna go to this one and I think I just wanted to point that out today as we've had another guest I want to point out to and talk about our past guests um, you know, if you, if you find something and you find, and you want to learn something, don't just throw it off to the side because of one person hosting a show, um, his, the episodes, these couple of guests that I've listened to, and they've been topics of, you know, science and, um, the, the current political system and, um, stuff like uh, things I'm going down this list. And the one I'm listening to now is this wildlife guy that has to deal with all these strange, unique species out in different parts of the world. And it's interesting to me, um, I just want to say to our guests, thank you for being here. But also a lot of these shows are really built upon the guests. So let me, me a call by here. My, um, I had two guys on a text thread that love them. Uh, Travis is always like, and then my friend Deontay was in Arizona. And when Rogan himself took on political dimensions, it didn't seem like it was his fault. He took a stance on, on the vaccine and that seemed to put a political, put, put, Put us on political sides here, um, but Deontay has been saying it, and and I, I've kind of watched a few episodes uh, recently with his guests. He does seem to have very good guests on um, from all political spectrums, and, and Rogan himself doesn't. It, it seems like he became a politicized figure, but it wasn't necessarily his fault. Um, and I, I will admit, I, I kind of fed into that at first as well. Um, and I regret it now. I, I was wrong. Again, I don't know. There's certain things he did that I think were somewhat inexcusable. But in terms of just what his stance was on the vaccine, I mean, he, he's allowed to have his opinion. And because of that, I think it, it become, became much more political. But he has had a, like recently uh, really, really interesting guests on all from all political persuasions. And 
once we start stifling these voices, man, that's that's not okay. And so I'm well said, Mike, and I agree. And again, Deontay, you were right on that one. Yeah, uh, I I totally agree as well. Um, you, again, fear factor, right? I was like, why is this guy getting so much um so much you know leverage here with this with his views? But and I didn't get into listening to podcasts until a couple of years ago. Um, again, we were we're quarantined and I'm running out of, you know, what things I need to kind of be on my own and do and, you know, kind of unwind. And I thought, let me try out a podcast real quick. And I, I got hooked. Uh, and then, you know, I, Mike, I'm kind of Gervasi, I'm kind of in the same boat as you is like, you know, it, I, without giving him a chance at first, like, you know, you just kind of see the internet fodder and stuff like that. And you're like, Oh gosh, this guy's crazy. Right. Um, but, um, Bodie, like, you're right, man. What, Every once in a while, you catch these snippets on TikTok, right? And you're like, he's very, he interviews people really well. And you're right. And it kind of reminded me of like, um, like Howard Stern back when he was everything, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you would listen to some of his and it was the guest. You know, it wasn't just because Howard Stern yes. was just a brilliant interviewer. It was just the way he would interact with the specific guests and what they were trying to put out there. Sure. Man, some of those episodes were just, even like, I, you wouldn't think of, you wouldn't hear David Arquette and think like profound person in a sure. way, I guess. But man, that was to this day one of the best interviews I've ever listened to. Um, Howard Stern, David Arquette, like it was like a, gain a whole new perspective, just not just him and his as a person, but just like so many different things that he was talking about that he brought to the table. And um, yeah, that's a it's a big deal. And, and I just also recently just started kind of because of TikTok, TikTok and seeing those snippets like trying to get into a little more Joel Rogan, you know, podcast with depending on who he was talking to and stuff. Yep. yep. So yeah, yeah, you can pick and 100%. choose. Yep. You can pick. And that's a great comparison because Howard Stern's very similar in the fact that he alienated a lot of people depending, you know, based upon his choices of what he said and what he did. But you're right. When it came to his interviewing skills, and I still listen to him sometimes on serious, even now it is, he's almost like 69, 70 years old, I think. When he interviews celebrities, musicians, uh, actors. He just had Pamela Anderson on when I was driving around last week who came out with this new biography. And it's not, it, it was actually a really good interview asking her about like what she went through. And he's, he's very good at his job. A great very comparison, good. a great comparison. So, yeah, Howard, so um, he's a very deep guy, uh, has a quite a story to tell. And that got he's, lost he's, that's on him. He let that yeah. happen. Well, no, he let himself, you know, he, but it's funny. He's like, he's the opposite with the vaccine with Joe Rogan. He like locked himself away. Yeah, didn't want to even yes. leave. He's still very COVID, he very is. COVID state, yes. uh, fearful, and it's like two different opposites. They're interesting that those are the two names that came up. Tom, you were a great guest. We yeah, love the input you, on the elementary. Um, we appreciate you taking time on your President's Day off. Um, I hope you're going to enjoy some rest for the rest of the afternoon. Of course, um, thank you for being here. Um, and uh, Mike, anything else you want to add? No, great show, Tom. Thank you so much, man. For sure, right, I really man. appreciate it. Yeah. Um, All right. Real quick, though, before I go, um, man, I just wanted to compliment you guys on all on your four kids. Um, just I know I, I've known Natalia since she was what, like three years old. But man, just being in the school system between teaching and and coaching youth sports and just extracurricular stuff with our some of our kids being close to the same age. They just four very impressive people. Um, you know, I was Chloe's catechism teacher in fourth grade yep. i don't know i don't know if she remembers that and oh you know, yeah yes you know it wasn't very much but you know my danny's a year younger so every once in a while you know we'd have to compete against nate and you know seeing natalia at, at chapman and stuff when i would sub and stuff just even lena even though i don't know her as well just very just good people like the kind of kids you want like in your school system like the kind of kids you I'll look forward to seeing how they serve the community when they're older. And I just want to commend you guys on like just doing a great job. You guys and you know the moms just just four just four amazing kids. So I appreciate being part of a community where kids like that are, you know, the representative of of our you know school district. So just want to I just want to get that out there. Well, thank, well, I want to personally thank you. Thank you very much. Um, you know that I always consider that to be the most important job as a dad, my wife uh, as a mom. And, um, you know, I only know your oldest boy, Danny, uh, who I've just started working with the student council and a great kid. Um, and, I'm, I'm, and I'm sure you're, uh, the same can be said of you and your wife and your kids. Um, you know, it's hard. It's hard sending your kids to where you work. 
it's hard. Um, It's it's not easy. It it makes it harder on our kids. Uh, There's been days, you know, you know, when Nate got the daddy's boy chant at the assembly just a couple weeks ago after his class won the, uh, got uh, won the spirit jug and but you know um, it makes them it makes them I think better learners better people and you know it makes them a little tougher uh, but uh, I, I thank you very much that's kind to say and I'm, I'm very proud of my kids I, and I know like I said your kids I know Mike's kids um, I think we all deserve a pat on the back because um, it's hard but being a being a dad alone without even teaching is hard so yeah. Mike yeah Tom thank you I so appreciate that thank you so much for saying that All right. Well, hey, everybody, have a great week. We're happy to be back. We will see everybody next week with a new episode.